welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is April 2nd. It is 2 a.m., 2.02 to be exact. Uh, we have a lot of wrestling that we have watched today. With uh, If you go to our YouTube channel, you can check out our, us talk about Zicky Dice's Outlander's Paradise 2, Trouble in Paradise, which was a Twitch exclusive. Uh, I caught some of GCW for the culture. Uh, we watched some of Lone Star Shootout from New Japan. Uh, we watched Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor, uh, Impact Wrestling Multiverse of Matches, and we caught some of Joey Janela's Spring Break Part, uh, some, some of Joey Janela's Spring Break Six Part Two. So uh, lots of wrestling, and we still have two more days to go. So uh, fun, fun, fun. But that is not the that's not what matters tonight. We're here to talk about specifically two shows. Ring of Honor's Supercard of Honor and Impact Wrestling's Multiverse of Matches. So we will be talking about that. It's me, I'm Pat, and I'm joined by the current Deep Six Wrestling uh, Predictions Challenge champion. And that would be Ryan. Yes, sir. Uh, if you could hear that noise, it is a old uh, toy belt. Of no, it's not a toy. WWE it... spinner belt that Ryan whoa, is upside down. Oh, it, it is... Champ upside down. Yeah, it is. But it, it is not a toy. This is the most prestigious predictions championship in the world. And that's why we don't know. We, we've got two different people claiming that they own the real title. Yeah. Uh, so if you're new here, please consider subscribing to the podcast wherever you're listening to. Uh, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Breaker, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. Do that. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. We've been posting more of our uh, podcasts over there. It's also some YouTube exclusive content, so be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd appreciate that as well. And follow us over on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling, without the G. Uh, it's a very quick intro, so let's just well, let's just jump into it because this is gonna this is gonna a lot of wrestling to talk about. Yeah. Kicking things off with Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. This was the relaunch show for Ring of Honor that was always scheduled for WrestleMania weekend. And then Tony Khan bought ROH and he decided to keep the show. So we got this show. Um, uh, very shortly before the show went on the air, Tony Khan announced four matches for the pre-show, which is Zero Hour. Uh, and they were Colt Cabana versus Blake Christian. Uh, Miranda Alizy versus AQA. Eli Isom and Cheeseburger versus Tully Blanchard's new clients, and Dalton Castle versus Joe Hendry. So, uh, pretty loaded um, pre-show, and uh, we'll kick things off with Cole Cabana and Blake Christian, which is what the actual show came uh, kicked off with. Uh, Cole Cabana made his return to ROH here, coming out to his normal boom boom music and, and his old boom boom attire. Uh, great reaction for him, and he embraced uh, with uh, Caprice Coleman and Ian Riccoboni on commentary, who welcomed him back and said they missed him. Uh, both men, I thought, were quite over with the crowd, even though um, it wasn't filled up at this point, but there were loud chants for Colt as well as the all-heart chants for Blake Christian. Um, it was a short match, but uh, Blake Christian went for a Fosbury flop early on. Cabana dodged, and then uh, Blake ended up just getting slammed face-first onto the ringside mats. Um, and then back in the ring, Cabana ended up nailing Christian with an elbow in the corner, Christian went for some type of springboard maneuver, but got caught in the fireman's carry position, and Colt slammed him down with the Chicago skyline and won. So, uh, ROH legend Colt Cabana wins in his return match to Ring of Honor. Um, I thought this was a fine little kickoff match. Nothing too special. Again, all of these were fairly short besides Hendry and Castle. 
Um, but nice little thing. Blake Christian's really good, so I was happy he got a match here. Um, and Colt Cabana's always good, so no complaints on this one. Yeah, I agree. Blake Christian, the more Blake Christian, the better. Um, still don't know like if he's just going to keep on in the indies, if he's going to sign somewhere. But everybody seems to be using him, uh, so that's good. And it, it's good to it, it, see Colt again. Because I feel like anytime we see him, he's either like just at ringside or he's in a big multi-man match or he's on BTE as a pumpkin. I'm pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, to be fair, he did just come back recently after being in Australia. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's so agreed. It is good to see Colt in a singles match. Um, moving on, our women's match for the pre-show. Um, Miranda versus AQA. I didn't see this match because no. I was going to pick up Pat's dinner. Yes. Um... We ordered from a local Italian restaurant who forgot my calzone, so Ryan had to go pick it up. Yeah. Uh, solid little match here. Um, I like Miranda. Um, I saw her in... I didn't watch the Ring of Honor Women's Tournament. I did watch the finale of her versus Roxy, and then her versus Deanna, um, which I thought was pretty all right. Uh, sacrifice, that was, right? Or No Surrender. It was one of the two. Whatever the last one was, right? Yeah. yeah. Something. Yeah, I think it was No Surrender, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, Impact has a lot of shows. Um, But she's cool. She had a good look. Um, We had some chain wrestling to start. AQA was in control at the beginning. Uh, She went for a a series of quick pin attempts and then followed up with a a duo of arm drags, uh, then going for a running crossbody before Miranda ended up healing it up and just yanking her down to the mat with uh, her hair. Um, we had a corner, a corner forearm from Miranda followed by a running boot and then a shotgun drop kick all in quick succession for a two count. Uh, then we had Miranda hit a really cool looking low hurricane Rana through the bottom rope, not the middle rope, uh, for a near fall. AQA fought back with a flurry of offense before getting cut off once again. And then we got a ripcord cutter from Miranda who transitioned it into a crossface, which looked really nice. Um, and AQA rolled her up for a two count um, before hitting a rewind Enzigiri and then climbing up to the top and nailing a shooting star press to pick up the win, and AQA won. Um, can't say I was too shocked here since AQA, you know, just signed with AEW. Um, though, uh, you know, would have been cool to see Miranda win, but again, I don't really have too big of an opinion since this is the relaunch show, and it, it seems like this was kind of indicative of who's going to be showing up. And who's not? Um, I would like to see her show up again for a future Ring of Honor if they want to sign her. Um, but I guess time, time will tell. But I think AQA looks very promising. Yeah. Um, again, didn't watch this match, but based off of what Pat said, sounds cool. Um, and yeah, I would agree that I do think it is indicative of who who won is coming back. But also, to some extent, I wouldn't be shocked if some of the losers no, I think a number would show, come back in the future. There's only one loser on the show who I don't think will be back for okay. at least a bit. We'll get there. Okay. But I, I, I think that one's a, a safe bet. Um, not because there's issues with him, but just... It's Ninja Mac because he's going to Japan. Yeah. Which I think that's why he was given the, the match he was put in. Yeah. Um, which, again, perfectly fine. That That's fair. Uh, after this, we got Eli Isom and Cheeseburger versus Tully Blanchard's other new clients. Um, this was announced again right before the show. We knew he was going to have a mystery uh, client on the on the main card taking on Ninja Mac, but 
Um, this was announced as another surprise, so we now have uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises as a new faction that has been formed. I like it. And it was revealed that uh, Khan, K-A-U-N, who has been appearing on AEW Dark and is a former ROH six-man champion, and Toa Leona, um, who I don't really know much about, um, were revealed to be his newest trainees, and they are going by the name uh, The Gates of Agony. Fantastic name. Yeah, when when I saw the name, I originally thought it was the authors of Pain, because um, like it just felt like a name for them. But yeah. uh, no, this is uh, two new guys, and um, I think both of them have a really good look. And we now have the beefiest faction in yeah. the AEW ROH universe. Yeah. Speaking um, speaking of authors of Pain, before we go any further, have you seen what they're doing now? Aren't they doing like NFT stuff? Yeah, with with uh, Paul Ellery. Good. <laughs> That's sure. Why not? <laughs> Um, Screw wrestling, make NFTs. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I don't really have much to say about this match. This was just them murdering Eli Isom and Cheeseburger. Uh, we did get Tully Blanchard making a joke about Cheeseburger being a cheeseburger in paradise at ringside, uh, which was peak Tully Blanchard. I love Tully. Uh, this ended when Toa Leona pounced Cheeseburger uh, into the ropes. Khan hit a fireman's carry facebreaker. Uh, and then Toa Leona hit a Samoan spike, and they picked up the win. So, uh, impressive debut for the, the Gates of Agony. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for them. I'm they've well. got a cool name, they've got a really good look. Um, and they got a good manager. Yeah, and Khan seems to be somebody who people recognize a bit, in, at least who followed Ring of Honor since he was part of Shane Taylor Productions. Yeah, and since he's been appearing on AEW Dark, anytime he's on, I always see people saying they want him to get signed. Yeah, so, so this get, kind of gets some traction. And com- commentary did mention that he, he's been appearing a lot of places, including yeah. Dark. So. Uh, that sent us to our main event of the pre-show, which was Dalton Castle versus Joe Hendry, former partners and two of the bigger stars in Ring of Honor, I would argue. Yeah. Or uh, two of the most, like, recognizable names. Yeah. Both guys got pretty big reactions here, specifically Dalton Castle. Um, Even Joe Hendry, considering he was a heel. Like, yeah. he, he did get a lot of cheers. And, like, I didn't know he was a heel. No, I, I didn't liked, either. I like him all that. I've liked him for a while. He's a very <sighs> unique individual. Um, right off the bat, I think that both these guys should be kept. Yes, uh, 100%. Um, I still think it would be silly to bring Joe Hendry from the UK for... Because I'm pretty sure this is the only appearance he made this entire well, week. He might be at, like, WrestleCon doing signing. Yeah, but to have him come out, do one match, and be like, hey, no, I, I'd assume, Joe. I'd assume, if anything, like he could appear on Dark. Because, again, Norway yeah. doesn't have shows right now. That's like, fair. And Tony... Yeah, we still have got. Spoiler alert: Tony did not give any update no. about TV or, or anything. anything. It just so. said that still negotiations and negotiations are going on. Yeah. So, um, anyways, um, yeah. Again, I would like to see both guys stick around. Agreed. Um, so. The more Dalton, the better. Absolutely. We've been saying that for a while. I've been saying that since 2015. Yeah. Ever since I've, I mean. We saw him at the same time, basically, and I, I've been a fan as well, but you're a bigger fan. Yeah. Uh, Joe Hendry refuses the code of honor before the match. Um, That's how he found out he was a heel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he immediately takes control, um, just thanks to how beefy he is compared to Dolan. Um, Castle gets uh, taken outside, and he has to get riled up by, uh, they're not the boys anymore, to our surprise. They are the baby chickens. Yeah. Um, they cheer him on, and then him and the baby chickens start running laps around the ring, starting slowly and then picking up speed as the crowd starts just going crazy for this. 
And then he gets back in and takes control. Of this. this is effectively Dalton Castle's Hulk up now. Yeah. Uh, great I'm fine with. Yeah, great spot. Um, he got a big DDT and a standing body splash, and then transferred into a bunch of ground-based wrestling. Um, this crowd ate up everything that Dalton was doing. Yeah, because he's great. Uh, also, before we go too far, during his entrance with the baby chickens, uh, he had each of them kiss his hand. Uh, so I thought that was that was something. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Um, Joe Hendry got nailed with a running knee strike on the apron from Dalton Castle. Um, Castle then went for a running knee strike in the corner, uh, and Joe Hendry ducked, and Castle just flew over the top rope down to the floor. That looked rough. Mm. Um, and then uh, Castle ended up landing a Hurricane Rana off the apron to the floor and then sent Hendry into the ring post. Back in the ring, Castle hit back-to-back suplexes for a two-count. And then eventually uh, hit the bangerang and picked up the win over his former tag team partner. I thought this was a really solid match for for the pre-show. Agreed. Um, this was fantastic. Yeah, this was a sign of things to come for the main or the main show. It also made me proud, or not proud, but made me very happy to see both these guys again because it's been yeah, quite it's been some time. A while. Because I'm trying to remember, was Dalton on Final Battle? I yeah. feel like he was, but I didn't watch Final yeah. Battle. Yeah. Okay. Just like caught some of it. I didn't actually watch the whole show. That's that makes sense. Um, I think I tuned in like over halfway into it. I remember tuning in and just catching the most bizarre segment where it was Jay Lethal um, cutting like an extended promo about the peer division. Uh, it was very strange. Okay. Um, so, Anyways, moving on to the main show, we kick things off with uh, Alex Zane versus Swerve Strickland. Uh, obviously Shane is signed to AEW. Um this kicked off with quite a bang here. Yeah. Uh, Swerve was massively overcoming out of the gate. Um, and the match started with both men attempting to outdo one of another just with style points. Uh, Zayn hit a really cool flipping move and then just like landed into a lounge position on Swerve's back. Um, we had Swerve go up onto the turnbuckle. Alex Zane went for a hurricane Rana but got caught before, going, um, before getting dropped onto the ring ropes and then sent to the floor. Uh, he had a pump kick from Swerve and Strickland took control. Um, Zane then took control with a big clothesline and followed up with a series of elbow strikes. And then um, Swerve got set up onto the top turnbuckle, and we had um, Alex Zane hit his, his jumping Rana and followed by like a, a 430 knee strike, like standing uh, on his back, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then we had the most insane double spot in like a row uh, that probably this whole weekend has seen where. Uh, Swerve lifted Alex Zane over the top rope. They traded some strikes on the apron, and then Alex Zane hit a poison Rana off the apron onto the floor onto Strickland, and Strickland just looked like he fucking died. Uh, and then he sent him back into the ring, and he hit his crunch wrap supreme immediately after this, and Swerve kicked out, which got a crazy reaction from the crowd. Um, they traded headbutts in the ring. A crazy reaction from us and commentary as well. Yeah, this was nuts. Um, just like those two moves back to back was insanity. Yeah. Um, they traded headbutts in the ring until Swerve managed to take Zane down all the way, uh, and then picked him up, nailed him with a snap German, and followed it up with a rolling flatliner into the Swerve stomp, which got a, a very big near fall as well. Swerve went for his jumping running kick. Zane dodged, and then he ended up nailing it on the second attempt. And Swerve hit a move called the JML Driver uh, that I did not know was a move he did. I just thought the Swerve stomp was his finish, and uh, Swerve picked up the win in the opening match. Made sense. 
thought it was fantastic way to open this yeah, show. This was absolutely the right choice to open. This is yeah. great. Um, the more swerve, the better. The more Alex Zane, the better. Yeah, I didn't mention it about his entrance, but Alex Zane's now a pirate. Yeah, he's a, he's uh, he's an eye patch with like some gold on it. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess he's watching Our Flag Means Death. Yeah, I mean, it's a great show. I haven't watched it yet. I finished it. It's a good time. Uh, Taiko with Katiti is the goat. Yeah. Also, the guy that plays Elfo is in it. Okay, interesting. As the Swede. I haven't watched, so I don't know who mm. that is. No, he's a Swedish person. I, I get that. I'm saying I don't know who that is. Well, he's a Swedish person. Thank you. Up next, Ninja Mac comes out, and he is taking on Tully Blanchard's newest client, and it is The Machine, Brian Cage. Uh, the report came out, uh, I guess, like a month or so ago that Tony Khan has p- had picked up Brian Cage's contract um, option and that he would be back. Uh, and Brian Cage, obviously, in, I guess now an infamous moment, took to Twitter and said, no, uh, that wasn't the case. But here we are. <laughs> uh, so Brian Cage is back. He's now in Ring of Honor, and he's with Tully Blanchard. I think this is a very good move. Yeah. Uh, immediately before the bell, Ninja Mac uh, goes for the Sasuke special over the top and just gets wrecked by Cage um, and in just an absolute insane moment in this very brief match. <laughs> Brian Cage sends Ninja Mac from one side of the ring to the other with an in, just an insane German suplex where he just launches him across the ring. Um, Ninja Mac ended up getting sent into the corner. He did a springboard over Brian Cage with a corkscrew and went for his uh, Robinson special, uh, but that did not happen. Cage got him up for the drill claw, and Brian Cage won in what was effectively a squash match and is most likely Ninja Mac's big farewell from Ring of Honor before heading over to Pro Wrestling Noah. Mm-hmm. So, um, there you go. But Brian Cage is back, and he's part of Tully Blanchard Productions, or Enterprises, Enterprises alongside the... Con and... Yeah, the Gates of Agony. Yeah. So, that is your new faction. I'm fine with it. They looked really good. Um, Cage has somebody who's going to talk for him a lot, hopefully. Yeah. Um, um, as long as Brian Cage is allowed to say who better, that's all I care about. Yeah, why not? Nah. He said it once. Yep. So That's all I'm the end. He can say it forever. Uh, after this, we went to Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty uh, with Matt Seidel in Lee Moriarty's corners on crutches. Um, good reactions for both guys when they came out. Um, you know, Lethal got an especially good reaction as his welcome back to Ring of Honor. Uh, as expected, this had a lot of chain wrestling for the the whole like first half of this match. Um, uh, pretty early on, Lethal went for both the Lethal Combination and the Lethal Injection, and both times uh, Lee Moriarty got out of it and taunted Jay, uh, which just Jay got very annoyed at and just looked pissed off. Um, it was worth noting during this match, commentary pointed out that uh, Sanjay Dutt was in the crowd, uh, and they established that Sanjay Dutt is one of Jay Lethal's best friends. For, for over 20 years. Yep. Um, eventually, Lethal was able to take control as he stopped going for chain wrestling and just started uh, targeting Lee Moriarty's knees. Um, Lethal went for his, uh, his, in the words of Michael Cole, vintage uh, trio of suicide dives where he hits the, the three back-to-back-to-back. He hit the first one. Lee uh, tried to slide back in, but he hit a baseball slide. Um, then got caught with the second dive. Lethal goes for the third, and Lee slides in, nailing Lethal with a pump kick, and then he goes for his own, but his knee gives out, and he ends up just turning around before he can go get the momentum off the 
uh, other side of the ropes and dives anyway and, and takes the, the sacrifice there, then selling on the floor. Lethal ends up continuing to target the knees back in the ring and then lands the lethal combination for a two count. Loud, let's go lethal, let's go Lee Chance. Both guys getting good reaction from the crowd. Uh, we had two super kicks followed by an enzigiri and then a cutter from Lethal. And then Jay goes up to the top and attempts to get his elbow drop. But Lee catches him and rolls him up for several two counts in a row. The Lethal injection gets blocked and uh, Lethal gets rolled up for another two count. Uh, Lethal repeatedly kicks Lee's leg, goes for the figure four, and then gets rolled up again for a two count. This was uh, this this whole finale sequence here was really good with Lethal just going for everything and Lee having a counter and rolling him up. Um, and it, lo- it looked like Lee was going to score a win here mel- multiple times. Yep. And while the ref got turned away after uh, Lee had used the, the the ring skirt to get out of the, the last hold uh, and the ref was putting it back in place... Jay Lethal, in an act of desperation, nails Lee Moriarty with a low blow and slams Lee Moriarty with the lethal injection, and Jay Lethal wins and turns heel. Uh, I thought this was a really effective heel turn, um, and I thought the match was also really good. Um, these two have really good chemistry. It had a slow start, but by the end, like this whole closing sequence was really good. Um, so I was a big fan of this, and it, we got the payoff for Jay Lethal's storyline on AEW for the past couple weeks. Um, yeah, I think that the bigger part of so they sold it like like Jay was very upset with himself that he did this. Uh, like he looked like he was like about to cry that he did this. He was in the corner. He was like rolling. He, he seemed very despondent about this. And finally, Matt Seidel gets in the ring. And is very upset about this, and he starts to crutch himself over uh, towards Lethal, and Lethal like starts talking to him, and Matt gets more and more flustered and upset, and finally Lee, uh, Jay just uh, kicks out the crutches and just starts wailing on him uh, before Sanjay Dutt jumps into the ring and separates them and berates or seems to berate Jay, uh, and they leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like Jay, like Sanjay's still producer Sanjay and playing his role. Um, but yeah, this was really good and it made it seem at first like Jay was, wasn't in control of his emotions. They let the emotions get the best of him, but clearly this was a really good heel turn. Um, I mean, the best version of Jay Lethal is the heel, heel version of Jay Lethal. Um, Just give me the house of truth. Nope. House of Truth, Lethal is the best Jay Lethal. Nope. What they shouldn't do with the new Ring of Honor is rehash old stuff. That's a waste of time. It's the best version of them. It's the one thing everybody hates on WWE for, besides casuals, is bringing out the nostalgia and just doing old stuff. This is a new new company. House of Lethal. No, you don't need it. This is a new company. Just do new stuff. Lethal Truth. No. Okay. This is why you don't book shows. Uh, The interim... ROH Women's Championship match is up next. Deanna Peraza was not on this show because uh, she was wrestling on the multiverse of matches. So they opted to crown a interim champion, which is fine since, again, they don't know when the next time they're going to have a show is and if Deanna will be able to do that one. So makes sense, I guess. Um, Should have just been a non-launch contenders match. It's whatever. Um, because what happens if, like, Deanna gets injured? And then you would have to vacate the title and do this anyway. So it's fine. It's fine. Um, and again, as has been stated, we don't know if the next time they do a show, if Dion is free. And mm. Mm. They, they're going to want her to drop the title. So 
Uh, Willow Nightingale takes on Mercedes Martinez to crown the interim champion. Um, Willow had control early on. Uh, she nailed her standing senton on Mercedes. Uh, Mercedes went for a number of suplexes, then went for some type of submission move with Willow blocking it by just dropping her weight. Um, we had a duo of wrist lock clotheslines from Willow with Martinez dodging the third one and taking Willow down with a big boot. Martinez went for her Fisher Woman Buster, as commentary called it, with Willow getting out and nailing um, two thrust kicks, a big clothesline from Willow Nightingale, and the two then clashed in the center of the ring with a series of strikes, Willow just beating Mercedes in the face with just rapid forearm strikes before Mercedes. Uh, Mercedes hit her own clotheslines and nailed a Saito suplex. Um, we had an air raid ca- uh, crash from Mercedes for uh, the first like big near fall of the match. Um, I will say the crowd was pretty dead for it at this point. It wasn't until uh, like halfway into the match where the crowd finally started reacting to stuff. Um, Willow eventually fired the crowd up by nailing a pounce on Mercedes Martinez, which did look very impressive to see like a woman of Mercedes's size take a pounce and like actually, like actually move from it, not just like fall over. Um, uh, Willow then pulled down her straps and went for her corner cannonball, similar to Kevin Owens. Um, and Martinez got her hand on the rope to break the pin at two. Uh, Willow went up to the top rope. Mercedes grabbed her foot to stop her, and she ended up nailing her with the OG drop for a two count. Uh, Willow unloaded with elbows in the corner and nailed Mercedes with a hip attack while she was in the Tree of Woe. Uh, Willow then went up to the top and nailed a moonsault. This looked brutal. This looked like this just, like, caught Mercedes right in the ribs and like you could hear her breathing very heavily out of this she definitely got like the wind knocked out of her for this oh yeah 100% um and Mercedes ended up locking in the Brass City Sleeper and Willow tapped out very quickly um and so Mercedes Martinez is the interim Ring of Honor Women's Champion uh I thought this was a solid match uh it was definitely the least good of the main card but I still thought it was pretty solid it just was much slower than everything else yeah um i thought their chemistry wasn't really there but the big spots all looked good yeah um but something just didn't click between the two of them yeah it it was very i think also it it kind of hurt that the first two matches were just so fast paced yes 100 um well the first three because yeah the swerve and zane yeah the the squash yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah, I, I think this was still a good match. I like Willow from what I've seen of her. Yeah, the, I like both of them. The three matches now that I've seen of her. Um, uh, Mercedes, I've been a big fan of for quite some time. Um, I think Mercedes is the right choice. It immediately establishes the title as something that, like, it's prestigious again. Yeah. Uh, with somebody who's very well known, has been in the business for over 20 years. Um, so yeah, good stuff. I uh, think Willow will stick around. Yeah, I hope so. Um, everybody seems very high on Willow. Yeah. Uh, and they've even been name dropping her on... On Diamond. On yeah, Diamond. Eddie Kingston. Yeah. So. Um, up next, in an instant classic tag team match, the Briscoe Brothers faced off against FTR for the ROH World Tag Team Championship. I'm going to say this. I think this was FTR's best tag team match since leaving WWE. Yeah, I don't think it's close. <laughs> yeah, this was f- fucking phenomenal. Um, 
I'd say this, this without a doubt, this is the best tag match since um, Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks from All Out last year. I'd just go even higher than that. This was this was really good. I don't yeah. know. I'd have to. I think this this is up there to me with Omega and Page versus the, the Young Bucks. That's probably fair. Again, I would also put Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers up. That's there. fine. As expected, immediately out of the gates, the crowd is just booming for this. Yeah. Um, just loud dem boys and top guys chants, uh, followed by a standing ovation before any of the wrestling had begun. Yeah. Uh, we start with Cash Wheeler and Mark Briscoe, uh, beginning with a lockup to a huge reaction, and then getting a This Is Awesome chant again immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got tag team wrestling chants as soon as Dax and Jay tagged in. Uh, Caprice, uh, Caprice and Ian were both just like totally in awe of this crowd and the atmosphere. Um, just noting how they had like goosebumps and, and just the chills they got from us. And again, this was like this was the best crowd you could ask for. Yeah, they were into this whole show. Like again, like Willow and Mercedes had like quiet points, but like they still reacted to all the big spots. And for literally everything else on the show, even the pre-show, they were into everything. Yeah. So, um, props to this crowd for, like, not dying. Especially, like, especially coming after this match. Yeah. The fact that they had energy for the rest of the show was nuts. Um, I will say they also structured the show very well because after this we had the, a, a strong cool-down match. Yeah. Um, but, it, and so we'll get to that. Um, we had... Uh, a big Hurricane Rana from uh, Jay, which sent Dax over the top rope. This was after uh, Dax had spat in the face of, of Jay Briscoe. Um, and as Dax is out on the floor, he grabs a chair to try and distract the ref and tosses it into the ring. And miraculously, Paul Turner catches this chair uh, out of midair um, and prevents this distraction from even happening. Um, Hardwood gets back in the ring and He tags. did get a cheer for, he for did, that. He did, he did. It was, I mean, it was an impressive catch. It was. I was impressed. Um, Hardwood tags in, uh, tags in cash and FTR take control. Um, just a bunch of double team maneuvers on Mark Briscoe. We have a chop battle between Dax and Mark in the middle of the ring with Mark getting the better of Dax, just repeatedly sending him to the mat until Dax says he has enough and just punches Mark directly in the face. Um, the Briscoes take control on the floor. We just have a big brawl break out here. The crowd just blows up for this. Uh, in a move that I have not seen done this way before, um, FTR get Jay Briscoe by the legs and put him under the, the ring bell table and then slingshot him face first into the underside of the table. And Jay gets busted open pretty bad here. Yeah, he um, Dax then lays in punches to, Day, uh, to Jay and just gets his own fist covered in blood and shows it off to the crowd. Um, Mark then comes into the ring and takes on FTR both at the same time using his redneck kung fu mm. and just making the weird noises that he does. Um, and he manages to take out Cash Wheeler and gets uh, a little one-on-one opportunity against Dax. Um, he hit his iconoclasm move in the corner, which is kind of similar to like a, like a blackout from Lance Archer. Yeah. Um, just not as no, not at, yeah. Uh, but that got a big two count. FTR go for the spike pile driver um, uh, for Mark Briscoe, but he dodges and Dax ends up running himself into the post and out of the ring. Uh, Cash then gets caught by a punch from Jay, and they hit the redneck boogie on Cash for the first big two count uh, of the match. The Briscoes go up top with Cash, but. Cash sends Mark Briscoe to the floor. FTR go for the big rig, but Jay jumps and then gets caught into a powerbomb position by Dax Hardwood. A whiplash powerbomb off the, the rope, followed by a frog splash from Cla- uh, Cash Wheeler for 
the closest near fall I think I've ever seen. This is really uh, fucking close. And like this looked like a near fall that like was like a botch, and then they showed the replay, and this like was so perfectly timed with like they got their their shoulder up before the the hand hit from Paul Turner. Yeah. Um, Jay Briscoe gets back into. Oh, we had huge ROH chance here, and I forgot to mention, but um, FTR had the best tights on where uh it, they're it just said ftr on the back and it um it was in the old ring of honor font yeah which is really cool yeah um jay briscoe then blocks the big rig once again and the briscoes hit their own big rig for another big near fall uh dash takes a huge brain buster from the ring to the floor uh, and they do a big injury spot here with all four guys down uh, and they slowly have to get back in cash has to help dax back to the ring um, and we have Fight Forever chance come in. Uh, Mark Briscoe hits a corkscrew dive to the floor to take out Cash Wheeler as it goes down to Dax and Jay in the ring. We have a strike fest between the two. Both guys fall to their knees just crumbling with each blow, and the crowd just gives them another big ovation. Uh, a neck breaker from Jay Briscoe. Mark comes in with the froggy el- uh, elbow drop for another near fall. And then... Out of nowhere, FTR gets the big rig, and the uh, FTR win the ROH Tag Team Championships. Uh, so this would be the first of two losses for the Briscoe brothers uh, on April first. Yeah. So uh, this was just an absolutely incredible match. If you are some for some reason listening to this review without watching the show, go Please watch, go watch this. This, this was this is must see. This will this will likely be the match of the weekend. I can't. I, Cannot imagine something dopping this. Yeah, this this was the best tag match possible. Uh, this match lived up to the hype um, yeah. that has been building for several months. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, like, even before they showed up at Final Battle to confront the Briscoes, there was already the talk of people wanting this match. Um, and, yeah, they, they delivered in spades. Uh, this is a reminder of just how good the Briscoes are. And it's also a reminder of how good FTR is. Um, but we weren't done with the surprises after this match oh. because in out... Well, no. So oh. post-match, we had the Briscoes and FTR sharing a moment with FTR bowing. Uh, bowing to them. And then as FTR goes and heads to the back and the Briscoes get an ovation from the crowd as the crowd chants, thank you, Briscoes, you hear a loud reaction from the crowd and from behind, the Young Bucks rush in and take out the Briscoes and FTR then come down to make the save. Uh, Dax then puts over the Briscoes as the greatest tag team of all time. Yep. Uh, and the Young Bucks then put themselves over by saying that they're the guys who quit ROH and built a new company and then bought ROH. And uh, they announce that we are going to have the Young Bucks versus FTR2 on AEW Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, free television. Yep. And more stakes were added to this later in the night as it was announced that not only would these be for the AAA tag team titles, but they would also be for the ROH World Tag Team Championship. So, once again, on free television, we are getting the Young Bucks versus FTR2, probably one of the most anticipated tag team rematches. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be for two sets of titles, and there's a very good chance the Young Bucks win this to set up a three-way between uh, the Briscoes, FTR, and the Young Bucks, which could go down as another... Uh, Instant classic. Yeah, so very exciting stuff coming out of this one. Yeah, um, I do have to say, there's gonna be a, if the Young Bucks win, there's gonna be a lot of people upset, just because it'll be two zero Young Bucks over the uh, over uh, FTR. 
I think some uh, people will be upset, but I think a lot of people will understand why it's happening. Yeah. Um, and you also have FTR who are going babyface. They can yeah. take a loss um, after being like the top heels in the tag team division. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's okay if the Young Bucks like cheat to win. Yeah. Um, it would just be very, again, it would be people, like, me included, that think that they. They shouldn't have won at least the first one as soon as they did. Just because it killed FTR's momentum for so long. It's fine. FTR's um, recovered. Yeah. Um, so, again, I'm not going to say that they shouldn't do this because of something they did two years ago. I don't know. It would just be... Because how else do you... To the th- you, you don't get to the three-way if the Bucks don't win. I mean, <laughs> you can. But it wouldn't make sense. Because the... the, the this isn't the AEW title, so you're not going to do it for the rankings. No. So you, you need them to but, to pin either the Briscoes or FTR, and the Briscoes <laughs> shouldn't take another loss. Yeah, well. Does FTR <laughs> really need to take another loss? Again, if you want to do this match, you have to pin FTR, because the Bucks don't have a claim to either title. Or just have a non-finish for this match. But there's no reason to. You're turning them face. You can get sympathy on them by having the Bucks cheat to win. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it makes booking sense. I don't know, also, FTR is not going to get hurt. I mean, if they don't win back the titles, yes, they would be hurt. If they lose both their sets of titles and then don't win either of them back, yes. Nobody said they're not going to win them back. But what was the point of the title change? Just to have a match that pe- people like? Yeah, probably. I mean, these belts are not really prestigious belts right now. ROH doesn't have a show, and AAA doesn't care about tag team wrestling. I mean, clearly AAA does when their entire Triple Mania card is tag team wrestling. Yeah, they don't care about their tag team titles. Uh, There's a reason why FTR just literally slaps stickers on their belt. Like, they're they're not prestigious championships. (laughs) Uh, And again, FTR is going face. They're going to be out of the pinnacle. Having the Young Bucks cheat to win, it is perfectly fine. Uh, this sends us into our ROH World Television Championship match with Rhett Titus of the Foundation taking on Minoru Suzuki, uh, with Suzuki getting a great reaction here, as expected. Uh, Titus controlled pretty much all of this match, uh, just beating up Suzuki uh, until the end of this, when Suzuki went for the Gotch-style pile driver. It got blocked. Titus hit his signature dropkick, as commentary called it, uh, for a two-count. And then Suzuki went for the sleeper, but ended up just putting Titus in the uh, gotch pile pile driver, and he pinned him. Uh, Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki has won his first American championship and is now the ROH television champion. I do have to say that his pinning was great. He just kind of sat on him. Yeah. Um, this was the best, I mean, considering the last time I saw Rhett Titus was him uh, with Kenny King in the All Night Express. Um, and I was just like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? Um, I, I thought Rhett Titus was much older. He looks much older than yeah. he actually is. He's 34 years old. Uh, and commentary talked about how he's still got years and years ahead of him. Um, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, nothing he did in this match was like, specific, like jaw-dropping. Like, holy shit, this guy's no, a huge he was just, deal. He was just there. Yeah. Um, but again, this was... A needed match. It was yeah. just a cool down yeah. match. It wasn't too long. However, the crowd was really hot again for this match, just for Suzuki. Which makes sense. Yeah. Also, shout out to Rhett Titus from New Jersey, um, and also for his really dope mask. 
Yeah. Uh, after this, we got our pure championship match. Josh Woods took on Wheeler Yuta. Josh Woods also representing the foundation. Yep. Um, I think this is the first proper pure championship match I've watched. Because um, I didn't watch the pure championship match between Macklin and Gresham. Okay. So, um, anyway. Uh, or not pure championship. There's just pure rules. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, rules for the pure championship is just that the that's just the rope break rule special, right? Um, they they showed like ten rules beforehand. Oh, fuck me! Oh, yeah, wasn't there something about like a time limit? The so time yeah, limit so it's in. a sixty minute time limit. If and that goes to a draw, then there's three judges who are awarding points for uh, takedowns, submission. And it was uh, it was they revealed that it was Christopher Daniels, B.J. Whitmer, and Colt Cabana. Uh, and the reason that they chose them uh, was they all have significant history in Ring of Honor. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Um, and they can work for AEW, so. Yeah. Um, also, um, uh, they talked about... Um, so, each person has three rope breaks you can do. Yep. Um, if you use all three of them, then you can use the ropes for submissions, pins, all that stuff. Um as long as you're holding, like if your opponent is holding them, but their shoulders are down, you can be pinned. If you've got a submission locked in and they're holding on to them, you can get pinned. If you're doing a hold, holding onto the ropes, you can win. It seemed like they were talking about. Um, but yeah, um, again, the pure title, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Cup of tea. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, uh, some of the other rules are you cannot use closed fists. Um, as an um, uh, that can be considered a disqualification. Okay. Um, wrestlers still in with the twenty count. Um. And yeah, you get one warning before getting a uh disqualification. Okay. Um, so, again, it's Josh Woods versus Wheeler Yuta. Yuta's been on the up-and-up in AEW recently and has been trying to impress William Regal and the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Um, it was announced on Twitter that William Regal would be watching this match. Uh, he was not there because, as we found out from watching on Fight TV, he was at another event that most likely got him held up. Yeah. It was the Thuzio Super Show. Whatever that is. Yeah, um, with Jeff Hart. It was, it's like a bunch of podcasts from what I saw. Okay. It was the, like Conrad Thompson's uh, podcast network, and they were just interviewing people like Jeff Hardy, William Regal, okay, uh, and a few different uh, other people, uh, Jeff Jarrett, uh, and others. So um, I'd assume we'll just... And that was at WrestleCon, I believe, which we've established was 30 minutes away, which is yeah. why... I thought it would be difficult for Deanna to even get there, so. but clearly it wasn't because the Briscoes were able to get there. Yeah. Um. Um, but, so, I would assume we'll get a follow-up with Wheeler and Regal on Dynamite this week. Yeah. That makes sense. Or, well, Dynamite's pretty loaded, so maybe Rampage, to be honest. Yeah. Because um, we got a lot of the Dynamite card announced tonight. Yeah. Um, but we also have a lot of matches that aren't announced. Like we know that there's a women, at least one women's qualifier and at least one men's qualifier, but we don't know either of those. Yeah, but again, so that's two other things. Yeah. So, 
Um, so yeah, to kick things off, the two men just trade some arm drags to start until Woods gets him into a knee bar, and Yuta basically within the first few moments of this match has to use his first rope break um, to basically, I guess, just establish the rules of this. Um, Yuta attempts to get Woods down with Woods just trying to outpower him as the two continue trading holds in the ring. Um, Woods, in a really impressive uh, spot here that I, I was a fan of, he just like uses his own legs to spread Wheeler Yuta's legs apart and just gets him in like a sitting split position that uh, got Wheeler to give up control. Yeah. Um, I like also, that. should point out that commentary talked about when uh, Yuta grabbed the ropes real early that of the people who have been in the pure division, Josh Woods has the quickest uh, uh, average time for uh, somebody giving up all three uh, oh. rope breaks uh, in the history of the pure division. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, which I don't know if that's only counting since they've reestablished it or if they're counting yeah. when it was like Danielson, uh, Nigel, uh the goats yeah. of, of the pure division. I don't know. Um, Yuta then used his second rope break here. Um, so very in, again, just the first few moments of this match, he had already used his first two. Um, Which is very similar to the other match I've seen with Josh Woods in the pure, from Final Battle, okay. where I don't remember who he was facing, but he made him use all three like, within right like four minutes. Okay. Um, Josh Woods then at, tries to goad Yuta into giving him a handshake, and Yuta, similar to uh, how William Regal slapped him, just slaps Josh Woods across the face before nailing him with a drop kick, and then takes control, uh, getting Woods in a cloverleaf, and just nailing him with his, some forearms, um, and then just branching back while still locked into the cloverleaf with a bridge, and Woods has to go for his first rope break, which got a pretty good reaction here. Uh, the two traded some chops. Woods then sent Yuta into the corner as Yuta tries to jump, but Woods grabs his arm as he's jumping in the air and then slams it down onto the ropes, taking control again. Uh, Wheeler goes up and goes for a diving elbow strike um, and then a suicide dive to the outside. Um, and then back in the ring, Yuta goes up to the top and goes for some type of dive, and Woods catches him in midair with a knee strike for a two count. Woods then drapes Yuta on the middle rope, uh, Hits him in the back with a elbow strike and then a knee and then a snap German off of the ropes, which looked really nice. Uh, Yuta came back with his own German, keeping Woods locked up as Josh tried to break out. Uh, and then nailed Yuta with a spiral suplex into the turnbuckle. That looked brutal. Um, and Wheeler has to use his final rope break here. Woods then looks for a pile driver and Wheeler gets out, nailing Woods with a series of elbows and then puts him in a cradle and... Uh, Will Yuta basically steals the win here and is the new ROH Pure Champion. Um, so, yeah. Will Yuta is the champion. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of this. I I kind of was expecting Josh Woods to win here just because he has been appearing on Dark. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, like, totally upset with this because, again, you, it makes sense for AEW since, again, we don't know when the next ROH show is. So this was... Anytime there was an AEW person here, it was pretty clear that they were going to most likely get the win just because... They can continue it. Yeah. Uh, and this was something that you could very clearly do where Wheeler won a singles title and now he can get the approval of William Regal um, and most likely can join the BCC. Yeah. So, uh, exciting stuff. I, I thought this was a really nice match. Um, and I would like to see... Uh, Josh Woods is another guy. Coming out of this, I would like to see him back in ROH. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not too familiar with Josh Woods other than the two matches I've seen with him. The only other stuff I've ever seen of him was on social media. 
uh, because I still like followed Ring of Honor even when I wasn't able to watch it. Mm. Um, and he was partnered up with Silas Young. Um, okay, I can see that. The, uh, the whole thing was like Silas wanted him to like cheat to win and all this stuff, and Josh was like, no, 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 like, like he was doing, he was like, a, he was, he was pretty good comedy, comedy guy. Yeah. Um. Uh, and like they had a, they had some very good sketches that they did, of like Silas Young being the last real man, um, who uh would be like, no, you're doing this wrong, all this stuff, and not wanting Josh Wood, like, he didn't want to be Josh Woods' partner to begin with, and they kept on tagging all the time. Um, so, yeah, then, like, I stopped following Ring of Honor and stopped following social media a lot, uh, and, like, then I came back, and I was like, oh, man, he's part of the foundation. That's that's cool, uh, and he seemed to be, like, a big deal. So, yeah, cool stuff. Um Hopefully he gets signed to something. Yeah, I would like that. Um, just not signed to the other place he's been showing up at. Oh, yeah. Controlling control narrative. narrative. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although I, I do know a lot of people who, like, whenever they, like, see Josh Wood's match, like, whenever, like, the, uh, Tony was hyping up this match, they're just like, oh, he looks like one of those control your narrative guys. And that's <laughs> like, I mean, he does, but... <laughs> I wonder if he was working the the dark match. <laughs> he might. He, who knows? Maybe he's EC three skip. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Again, the fact that it's still so hard to find the results from that show should tell you <laughs> everything you need to know about control your narrative. Yeah. This sent us to our main. Oh well, real quick, let me just go over the dynamite lineup because they ran down this before. Um, well, the only so the only things announced that were changed were. Uh, the R the a- ROH and Triple A tag team title match between the Young Bucks and FTR. Um, K- Christian Cage versus Adam, Adam Cole. Cole. That sounds very good. Yeah. Again, and, free TV. Yeah, and then the Butcher and the Blade versus the Hardy Brothers. And a tables match, which has already been announced. Oh, okay, that was. Yeah, yeah that was announced last week. Okay, and then um, the the two qualifying matches. Yeah, and then or at least two. Yeah, could be more since there's multiple. Yeah. Men's matches a week. That's true. Um, and then we got something else announced. And that could be why they started the men's bracket, their later. qualifiers later than the women's. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and then we got something else announced, but we'll get to that after this. Yes. Um, so Jonathan Gresham versus Bandito to crown the undisputed ROH world champion here. Bandito with... Chavo Guerrero. And Bandito had a really cool outfit here. Zorro. Zorro, all black. Oh, I love this. This was a really nice entrance. Um... And uh, before we go into this, uh, I do, so, you know, I'll save it for the end. Um, But before the match, Chavo tells Bandito not to go for the Code of Honor, uh, but Bandito does end up going for it to start the match, um, to the, much to the chagrin of Chavo Guerrero Jr. Uh, We have dueling chance for Bandito and Gresham to start here. Gresham goes up top and lands on Bandito's shoulders and lands a Mexican takedown, as commentary called it. Um, before just having a, a flurry of offense against Bandito here. Bandito goes for a handspring, Gresham dodges, and Bandito nails a Hurricane Rana and a dropkick, taking control. Uh, Gresham sweeps out Bandito's leg on the apron and nails him with his own dropkick, sending him to the floor. Bandito locks in a surfboard on Gresham, who gets out of it by just sitting down um, and then locks in a crossface, transitioning it into an ankle lock. Uh, and again, Jonathan Gresham is just so smooth technically, and yeah. I, I cannot wait to see him versus Brian Danielson at some point, because um, that's going to be fantastic. 
Um, Bandito hits a huge corkscrew spring, uh, springboard crossbody and then rolls through with, again, one of the most impressive spots of the match with a deadlift on Jonathan Gresham into the vertical suplex position. And he counts for the crowd for a bit, and then the crowd joins in. And he holds him in the deadlift vertical suplex position for an entire minute. Yeah. Uh, and then just drops him as soon as the crowd says 60, uh, which got a huge pop. This that was, was really cool. fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Bandito goes out to the floor. Gresham goes for a dive, and uh, Chavo pushes Bandito out of the way. Uh, and Bandito gets very upset with Chavo here. Um, back in the ring. Also, commentary questions if uh what's his name uh chavo had tripped uh gresham yeah and that they that's why they thought that bandito was so upset um bandito gets gresham back in the ring and hits a big shining wizard for a near fall uh gresham hits a sunset flip for a two count and then just a series of other roll-ups on bandito with a ref bump and chavo just pegs the ROH championship into Gresham's face and Bandito ends up in a somewhat surprising moment but really again I thought it built up Bandito's like a, a baby face here yeah uh, gets the ref to eject Chavo on his own behalf uh, and then again this whole this, the last few minutes of this just goes crazy Bandito hits a pop-up cutter for a crazy close two count um, Gresham pulls out uh, like a cover with a bridge for a two count. Bandito goes and hits a Fosbury flop over the top rope, and then something called the X knee, and then goes for the twenty one plex, which looked nuts uh, yeah. and got an ear fall. And then Bandito nailed Gresham with a series of super kicks. Gresham then hit a springboard moonsault and a quick suicide dive to the floor, a springboard arm drag, and then rolled through and cradled uh, Bandito and, re- I guess, retained or became the undisputed ROH world champion here. Uh, bigger point on the 21-plex commentary says this the first is the time. first time anyone has ever kicked out. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Also, commentary talk- talked about how Bandito uh, was doing or some of the stuff that he was doing was very similar to the stuff that many people might be familiar with from him uh, at the MSG G1 Supercard. And I asked Pat, what match was he in? Did you end up finding out? Pat said, oh, maybe he was in a pre-show match or something. Bandito was in a triple threat between Dragon Lee, Taiji Ishimori, and Bandito for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. I don't remember that. That is how much of this show nobody remembers. Yeah, interesting. Uh, but yeah, that was that was right after the New York City street fight, featuring Flip Gordon, Juice Robinson, and Mark Haskins defeating Silas Young, Shane Taylor, and Bully Ray. Okay. Um, and right after, or right before, uh, Gorillas of Destiny no, no. defeating PCO and Brody King, Evil and Sonata, and the Briscoes for the tag titles uh the unified tag titles yeah okay <laughs> and of course everybody's favorite spot from that yeah um anyway i thought this was a great main event to cap off a, a, just a fantastic show um and what i was going to say at the beginning of this is so we all questioned i think chavo guerrero's inclusion in yeah. this um and the but like so Obviously, we, we knew that there was some drama going on with Chavo Guerrero in AEW, yeah. um, where he thought he had possibly been released because he didn't get a call to come back. Uh, and then at Revolution in the media scrum, Tony was asked about it, and he said it was blown out of proportion that he was going to call Chavo. We didn't get any follow-up on it since. Yeah. Uh, and then just a few days ago, it was announced that Chavo Guerrero was going to be a part of this show and that he would be in Bandito's Corner. 
Yeah. Um, and so clearly the whatever issue there was or lack of an issue was worked out and Chavo Guerrero is still involved with AEW and Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he was used in this way on this show, like, I, again, I think adding him to Bandito's Corner did a lot to, to add to the drama of this match because I think a lot of people assumed that Gresham was going to win no matter what. So adding Chavo here did add a level of Bandito might win. Yeah. Um, and then doing the angle midway through the match where Chavo cheats and Bandito gets him thrown out on his own, I think also adds interest into this because... We, so coming out of the show, it seems very clear Gresham's sticking around because he's champion. Yeah. Um, and we also knew from a few weeks ago that he had signed on, uh, according to Fightful, no regards to what exactly. But I would assume Bandito's going to stick around as well. Um, coming out of this match because it just feels like there's something going on here with him and Chavo Guerrero. And I'd assume Chavo's going to play a bigger role in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Because it just feels very weird that they would do such a like a, a big angle in this match where Chavo was like trying to cheat so much and Bandito was like, no, and then Chavo got thrown out. So I have a question for you. Sure. Because I asked you during the show, where do you think Roosh comes back? Oh, okay. Could you see him come back with somebody who, you know, isn't afraid by of playing against the rules like Roosh? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, and No, I, I don't want Andrade. No, I was okay. going to say, he already had, like, Roosh had his own faction of people. Yeah. He had Dragon Lee, who I don't know if he really talked. I don't know. Um, he had Kenny King, who doesn't need a talker, but he's, he's in Impact. Um, and His dad. Yeah, there's somebody else, I think. Maybe. Uh, I thought it was a four-person group. Um, that was four people. Roosh, his dad, Dragon Lee, and Kenny Gang. Oh, okay. Um, I thought there was a tag team, is what I, I meant. Because dad wasn't wrestling, I don't think. Yeah, he was. Was he? Yeah. Oh. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, sure. I don't know what the future holds for this, but I would, again, I, I'm assuming Chavo Guerrero is going to do something in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Because it, it just felt like this was a big setup for, like, a future thing. Yeah. Um, and then we go to the post-match here. Jonathan Gresham gets on the mic uh, and gets a, a good reaction from the crowd here, and he says that uh, he wanted to make ROH pure, and before he can go any further, Jay Lethal comes out and tells him to hold up. He wants to send the crowd home happy, and, and Lethal wants to help him do that. And Lethal says that he should be the first man to challenge Gresham for the Ring of Honor world title. Lethal says that nobody would know who Gresham is without him. And the two get into it. Uh, Sanjay Dutt comes out to have to break them apart. And then Sanjay Dutt lays out Jonathan Gresham before Lethal joins in for a beatdown here. Lee Moriarty runs down to make the save, but Dutt and Lethal take him out as well, still selling his knee. And then we have this music hit. And we have... Former ROH world champion and former ROH legend, former NXT champion, former WWE United States champion, Samoa Joe returns to Ring of Honor and steps up to Jay Lethal. This was a great finale moment. Um, his theme sounds so much similar to his WWE theme, so like it was very easy to tell, but like people were very confused originally, and I was like, it's got to be Joe. Oh, like, these people have been watching a lot of wrestling and possibly yeah, that's working. Fair. So. That, that's that's fair, um, but yeah, uh, Samoa Joe steps up against Jay Lethal, and Lethal gets out of the ring, and Joe grabs Sanjay and puts it puts him in the coquina clutch or the rear naked choke, 
and literally within seconds, Sanjay Dutt just dies and just falls out to the to the floor, just telling that he's already asleep. And Gresham and Samoa Joe shake hands to end the show, and it's announced that Samoa Joe will be on AEW Dynamite this week. And after the show was over, Tony Khan put out the tweet that Samoa Joe is all elite. So my assumption here is that people that are going to be like signed, I guess, are still going to be signed to AEW contracts. Yeah. But it's interesting that we didn't get like a Jonathan Gresham as all elite. Yeah. Um. I think maybe it's because he has other dates still. That's to work. probably fair. Uh, like he has Rebellion. Yeah. Um. He's got his Progress World chi- title, and I'm sure he has defense. I'm pretty sure they announced a bunch of shows this week. Um. So maybe he's got to fill those too. Um. But yeah. Um. Apparently the uh, the Ingo Bernabe group that they have uh, is still active in AAA. Um, The other person was Amy Rose, who became Max the Impaler's manager after leaving uh, the group. Sure. Uh, But it is currently Roosh, his father, uh, and Drillistico? Drillistico. Drillistico. And Dragon Lee. Okay. And apparently... During this time, also uh, Cross and Scarlet were part of it as well oh. uh, before coming to WWE. Okay, so well, maybe they'll come back. Maybe again. So Tony, they need a talker. Well, Tony Khan mentioned on. Well, no, Scarlet's the talker. Talker. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Tony Khan was asked about them during yeah. the media scrum and said that he likes both of them, but uh, he just it wasn't in the cards for them. And they sure. weren't actually booked originally. Yeah. So. Anyways, I thought this was a phenomenal show. It's going to be very hard to top this for, for any show yeah. this entire weekend. I, by far, this is the best show I've watched so far. Agreed. Um, it's, it's not even close. This was just fantastic from top to bottom. Yeah, there wasn't really a bad match on this card. No. And like like we said, like the lowest, or the, the least good match that we said was... Willow and Mercedes. And that was still pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, Ring of Honor's alive. Yeah. And it continues the trend of AEW. Uh, our Tony Khan booked shows, They basically. don't... His big... Pay, the pay-per-views literally... Do I can think mess. of one show that disappointed him. It was All Out 2020. It was the one that had the Matt Hardy-Sammy Guevara match. Yeah. Where Matt Hardy, like, died. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, I, I feel like people didn't like the first Fighter Fest... But that wasn't even a pay-per-view, really. Yeah. That was a YouTube-exclusive thing. Yeah. Um, but you look at, like, just the pay-per-views... Yeah. They, they don't they miss. They don't miss, no. <laughs> it's, it's incredible, the run they've had. Yeah. Um, so, people can say whatever they want about AEW, if it's your thing or not, but it's pretty undeniable that the, the their big shows, they always knock it out of the park. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, uh, thumbs up all around for me. Again, match of the show for me would be Briscoes versus FTR. Uh probably followed by Gresham and Bandito. Agreed. Um, so yeah, that's Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. So 